Welcome to Boundless Pursuit, a weekly podcast providing motivation, entertainment, and education to anglers and outdoorsmen. I hope that the stories you'll find here will encourage you to chase your passion more fervently, to open your mind to new opportunities and perspectives. Your engagement and feedback is critical to the growth of this show, and I would love to hear your suggestions on topics or potential guests. You can reach me at boundlesspursuitfishing at gmail.com or at my website, www.boundless-pursuit.com. That's where you'll find all related articles, media, and merchandise. Please remember, the show will gain traction from your support. Be sure to like, comment, and share this podcast to your friends and connections. I'm your host, David Graham. Now let's get on to today's episode. You know, as anglers at our core, we all have that interest in the big one. And as human beings, we're drawn to the idea of monsters from an early age. And our imagination tells us that those monsters thrive in those tucked away, dark, hidden places. In the closet, under your bed, the trolls that live under the bridges, and those beasts that live in the caves. As people and as anglers, we are stimulated by the thought of monsters unknown. And that creature that goes bump in the night. And while monsters may not be real, the Goliath grouper is. That is the monster that lives under the bridge. That is the monster that lives in those dark, tucked away places. Growing upwards of 500 pounds, the Goliath grouper can eat most people's personal best fish like jelly beans. It is the quintessential monster fish. And if that's so, you can call today's guest a monster slayer. Gavin Schultz is a thrill-seeking young angler with a real knack for chasing these giant fish. And he does it from land. I came across images of Gavin on Instagram. Photo after photo of him taking down these absolute beast fish. I have a personal interest in chasing Goliaths from the beach. It's something that I love to do personally. It's something I've written about. So I knew that this would be a fun conversation. And Gavin is just another one of those South Florida wild boys keen on catching the biggest fish that he can find from shore. And he is damn good at it. If you like big fish, the Goliath grouper is aptly named. It doesn't get much bigger. And Gavin brings a lot of knowledge and experience to their pursuit And into this conversation, I think a lot of people don't realize just how accessible these giant fish can be from shore. A lot of folks think Goliath grouper is one of those fish you have to be way out offshore, over a wreck, in a boat, over deep water. And while sometimes that may be the case, under the right conditions and the right circumstances, you can catch these fish relatively close to shore. You can catch them with your feet buried in the sand. And Gavin's Instagram is proof of that. He brings a lot of knowledge into this conversation, a lot of experience for how you can do it. And if you just like a big fish story, it really doesn't get all that much bigger. This is a really cool conversation with a young dude chasing monster fish. And I think you're going to like this one. This is Gavin Schultz. All right. So we'll pretty much just jump right in. But... uh. Glad you were able to get a little bit of an extra nap in because I guess yeah, well, you, sure you, you were out fishing last night. I mean, how how late were you out? Uh, I went over to the the east coast of Florida. It was like three hours away, and we we got out there about sunset and fished till like five a.m. But you know, no sleep all night. And it catches <laughs> up. You got to sleep at some point. So, how much sleep are you operating on right now? Uh, I got like a three and a half hour nap. Oh my between, gosh! Between like one and now. Are you so, a big energy drink guy? Did you pound any like 
five hour energies Not, or anything last night i did yeah i do like my energy drinks on the beach they keep me going right yeah <laughs> keep me from falling asleep yeah you definitely need those well, I guess the most important question is, what did you catch? Anything other than... We did get a, a really a nice bull shark. Oh, that's so, cool. Okay. Yeah, we were hoping for something a little nicer, but that's better, better than, than nothing. Better than making that three-hour drive to go get skunked. So yeah. I've, been, I've been there. Then, yeah. you make that, then you make that drive a shame back. Yeah, I was yeah. over on the East Coast this weekend, but I wasn't trying to catch... I, w- I was a little bit trying to catch sharks, but I went over there to meet up with this... Uh, you know uh, David Rocca? Do you follow him? Yeah, the, he he knows you. All those big jacks. Yeah, the big jacks. Yeah, yeah. So I've been following him for a while, jacks. and I'm like, I'm like, man, I want to go. I want to go do that, like yeah. slinging those big plugs for jacks. Yeah, I he just, does a GT style. That's dope. Yeah, it's awesome. No, no one else does that. that. That's what I like about. I that. know that's what's cool, and I, I had him on yeah. here because I was like, dude, it's so weird because in Florida, especially where like everybody, everybody else is a fisherman, mm-hmm. for you to be like the only guy that does anything is rare like yeah. you know i mean not that there aren't people that not that there aren't other guys doing it but it's like it's hard to be the guy of something in florida yeah. where it's like yeah. it's just too many but uh yeah i've been wanting to go over there and link up with him for a while but he was he was working late so i was just out there kind of like blind cast and hoping for the best yeah. and i didn't know what i was doing i casted for hours and hours and hours i got like one questionable bite on like the backside of a breaker but yeah. I, I think it was a shark because I saw brown, or I saw like dark. And You're using one yeah. of those big poppers. Yeah, I used a big yeah. old giant, the big old giant poppers. But um, nice. but then he showed up and we did a little bit. But I don't know. We just couldn't get into the jacks. But I did get a big black tip on the popper, which you know I never caught a shark on an artificial, yeah. so that was kind of yeah. cool. But I haven't done that either. That's pretty cool. It was it was cool, but we were on the jetties, so I have no photos to show for it. Yeah. It was like no, no fun way to land that one. No, it was hell. It was it was a lot of fun though. It was kind of a fun like introductory because, you know, I didn't. I don't know. I, I don't do much jetty fishing, but we were on like the you know as the jetty, you know, the further down the jetty goes, like the surface of this thing was like skating on ice. It's like covered yeah. in moss, so we're slipping around, and he's got he has one pair of like cleated boots, you know, so you can stick like with the spikes on the bottom. All right, he's like, yeah. all right, so so you wear one boot and I wear the other boot. I mean, he's just ghetto as hell. Like, I got one good, <laughs> I got one good boot. He's got one good boot. Hey, he tried. He tried to make it work for you. Yeah, and then um, this damn thing. I mean, it smashed this popper right, right at the jetties, and it's heading into the rocks. And I'm doing everything I can to stop it. But it's like you know, when you really crank down on it, then you got to plant your feet. I got one good foot. My other foot's slipping around, and yeah. he's sitting there holding on to me so I don't fall. I'm, I'm like this. Damn, this sucks. Like this is a lot of work for a freaking yeah. black tip, but it yeah. was cool. And then, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know how it is. It's like you just can't be an idiot. It's like if we sit here and screw around trying to take pictures, the fish is gonna die. Yeah, like I had to like yeah. rappel down this jetty, get down into the rocks. And I'm like holding yeah. this black, black tip. tip Does yeah. freak out? Mm. Oh yeah. Well, it's got treble hooks all in its face too, and then I yeah. have it, it, it like at my groin, like in between my legs, pushed up against the jetty. I'm like, this ain't no way to. Not a good situation. Lay no. around and get castrated mm-hmm. by a black tip. Yeah, but, not uh, the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, so I had to make that. I wasn't about to drive home late though. I just pulled over on on Alligator Alley at one of them rest stops. And oh took yeah. It. I just slept there in my jeep. Yeah. But uh. But anyway, this ain't about me. This is about you. And uh, well, that's cool. You were, you were just out there doing it. But um, so your stuff though that like really interested me. Like I love the shark stuff. I've had a couple of land-based shark guys come on. 
but for you, it's like, I don't know, dude. I'm like all about these Goliaths. Like I've only lived in Florida for going on five years. Yeah. And like, that was one of the fish when I moved out here that I really wanted to catch. But you know, I was th- sitting here thinking you got to be in a boat. You got to be like fishing wrecks and like, you know, I didn't know anything about them. And then, you know, I, I kind of got turned on to the idea of catching them from land. And it just seems like such a more unique spin on it. And then I see your page. And, dude, you seem like you've just got them, like, dialed in. So, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess just tell me tell me how you got into that scene. Yeah, uh, we get we get a lot of them over here uh, just while we're shark fishing. And, you know, they just pick up our base. But um, I uh, we have a certain spot we go to that they're just – that they pretty much just stack up in and generally like in the winter months, like in the cooler months, like now you could count on at least one Goliath every night, you know, you yeah. go out there. We were just using, you know, little small baits. Most people think, you know, you're catching Goliaths, you need a giant bait. We're using baits that are, you know, all like three to four inches long, little cuts of mullet and like ladyfish and stuff like that. That's interesting. Well, I, I kind of fall into that category of people that use, well, I usually use like a whole mullet. Is what I've been using, yeah. but it's probably more so because it's such an easy bait to get a hold of. Yeah, but um, everything eats it. Um, I mean, most of the Goliaths I catch, like the big ones, are really small baits. Yeah, is that like a recent thing? I mean, like I I scrolled through your page and got all the way down to the bottom where it looks like you were doing a little more the the smallmouth thing. We may get into a discussion about that yeah. as well, but like some point you graduate. From smallmouth bass to like, it's got ironically a Goliath almost looks like a giant, like yeah, it pretty much is enormous smallmouth. Small <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but just I don't know, dude. Just like tell me about like how you got to the point of where you're. I don't know. I don't know if you're necessarily even fishing yeah. for them, or are you just happening to catch yeah. them while you're shark fishing. Um. Well, we catch a lot just while shark fishing, but there is certain times you know, like you could generally go to like any bridge in Florida you know put down a bait good chance you're gonna get smacked by a goliath you know they're pretty much everywhere right but, uh, <laughs> i i didn't re- i didn't really get um when i first moved here i wasn't aware that you know the goliaths would come in that close to shore i always thought it was an offshore fish as well you know like you'd have to go on a boat and get out on the wreck and fish for them and you know i used to always watch the videos i'm like dude how do these guys even reel these things in or, you know you got you've seen the videos of the yeah yeah baits or, Big muscle dudes on the boat. They're in there right. cranking these Goliaths up, and they're looking like they're about to freaking pass out or something. Yeah, but it's really not that difficult from the shore. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it, it's more enjoyable for sure. I can, but, I yeah. can, I, I can attest to that because yeah, it seems like when they're able to pull down, it's like you gotta like good luck. Dude. Yeah, you yeah. you gotta like deal with that in your back, but it's like it's so yeah. much better. I don't know from the beach. Cause you're like, you know, it's pulling yeah. out and just across. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. a, it's like a little bit better, but. And, and a lot of people picture, you know, like you use like, you need like a big 80 wide or a big 50 wide or something to crank them in. Most of the, most of these Goliaths we catch off the beach, we're using like, uh, I, I use like Avid, like LX, like HXW. So like four out size, you know, conventional reels or I, we, I even catch big ones on uh, like a 12 foot surfer. I was just like an 8,000 spinning reel. Yeah. It's yeah, enough, I saw that. You know, I saw the I saw the pictures with like, spinning gear. I'm like, oh man, I gotta ask about that one because that's like a different yeah. that's like a different spin on all of this. But um yeah, because that was yeah. kind of what I was curious about. It's sort of like your approach to finding them. I mean, I, I, I agree. It seems like down here, and I'm in southwest Florida as well. I'm down in Naples, but it's yeah. like 
it seems like almost every bridge you look for, every pass, every bridge near a pass. Yeah. Um, they're all at least some Goliaths on them. But Pretty um, much. but it, it's like it's also a lot of times kind of hard to find access to a beach where you can like angle out but like just tell yeah. me like your approach like when you find a good bridge how are you deciding like where to set up are you like kind of like paddling out at an angle are you in line with the bridge i mean um or assuming see it even a bridge or if you've got yeah. rock piles or whatever you're doing yeah i mean you generally goliaths are always going to be close to some type of structure and uh Usually when you hook one on the beach, they, they know where they want to go to get away. And sometimes they do, and you just can't do nothing about it. All right. <laughs> but, you know, uh, you know, you still get some in, though, for sure. Right. So, so, so when you're, you're like, um, when you're, when you're, are you, uh, are you usually like kayaking a bait out? Yeah. Other than I'm, when you're surf casting, obviously, but I think more often than not, you're probably using conventional gear. Are yeah. Yeah. I like the conventional gear because it takes too long on the spinning reel. <laughs> yeah. The but uh, yeah, I use conventional gear and like say we, we, I usually like when we set up on the beach, you know, put our pipes in, spread them out a little bit. We use uh, like these big sand anchors to keep our bait down. I mean, you had uh, that terra firma tackle guy on here, you know, like his, mm. his anchors he makes yeah. for uh, like shark fishing. Yeah, because that's what I was curious about is like the kind like of rigging. Yeah, because I was so, curious about like the yeah. sort of rigs that you prefer. Because obviously, you know the nature of chasing the Goliaths is like you're you're going to be near structure, like you're yeah. gonna be like almost in the structure. Yeah. So it's like you got to kind of have a rig that can contend with, I don't and know, rub, yeah, you need yeah, the current moving around. Yeah, and rubbing against pilings if heaven forbid they get in that. But like yeah. I don't know, just kind of walk me through like what you like what your what your whole setup looks like from the rod to the reel, which you already kind of alluded yeah. to the reel, but like even from the spool all the way to the hook, like what does the progression of your rig look like from leader material yeah. to the size hook so, and everything? Generally on like those lighter, like four out size conventional setups I was telling you about, like something big enough that you could cast with. So you don't always have to kayak, which is also a good thing. It gives you yeah. versatility there. You don't have to kayak the bait, like with a big, big reel. But uh, I usually do like a 80 pound braid, like backing all the way through and then throw on like 150 yards, or 200 yards of like 80 pound top shot. Okay. Mono. And that's usually all right. And then I do like this time of year, um, I always like to have my shark leaders like as long as I would expect the shark to catch uh, on it. Because, you know, the you know the tail, they'll whip it with the tail. The tail smacking it, yeah. It. Yeah. So like this time of year, like when we have all the sandbar sharks around here, they're all like six to seven feet. So I got like six to seven feet of uh, 400 pound mono. And then I got that to a swivel and then probably like a foot and a half of like 300 pound wire. And then I, I, I don't use very big hooks. I, I use like uh, 12 aught to 14 aught, just smaller, you know, more low key um, hooks. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was kind of curious. If you're like going after the Goliaths, are you using wire or are you just doing straight mono? I know some people do a little bit I, of both. I use but... wire because I always, you know, if I get a if a shark bite, you know, in case of the sharks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they don't care about the wire. I mean, I catch giant tarpon on shark rigs with full wire and everything. They eat the same thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'd seen your tarpon photos, and I want to get into that a little bit because I'm like, man, is he? He must be like getting these on, like, shark baits or something. Honestly, but um. So same stuff 
Now, when you're when you're sending baits out, are you usually doing cut bait? Do you ever try live bait or like what is your like? Uh, are you pretty get... indiscriminate about like the species of fish you're using for bait, or if you found like the Goliaths kind of have like a real that, preference well, for? There's kind of like certain times of the year you want to use certain things, you know. So like around Christmas time down here, New Year's, we get like our big mullet run. And that time of year, you know, you could go out and you could throw the net and you could catch like, you know, coolers full of mullet. Right. And so whenever we were catching them like that, we were catching them good enough that we could, you know, hey, we'll hook one on, put them out live, see what happens. But you don't really need to do that. They eat the dead bait better and the live bait moves around and you get more problems that way, you know. Right. Yep. Yep. They'll find their way into the hiding but, yeah. spots. Yeah. Your yeah. damn live, your bait wants to hide. I'd always wondered about the... There's just obnoxious amount of catfish around here. I'm like, uh, I gotta find a use for these little bastards. Have you? I mean, have you tried the catfish? Yes, I have seen people use them on bridges uh, for Goliaths. Like they'll go out and catch like a couple hard head. I've even seen sail cats get eaten, but leaving live ones, hook them through the nose, throw them on a bridge piling, and I've seen people just don't, you know, they yeah. get whacked. Sometimes I've it seems like maybe catch, the uh, people catch tarpon on like cut catfish i've heard of that right yeah i've heard that too like, i don't i'd always wondered if people were just trying to get me to go away when they say that whole catfish yeah. tail thing for tarpon but yeah. you hear it enough times it's like okay there must be something to this yeah but man the catfish around here just drive me nuts i'm like ah, i don't have to figure out a use for these little bastards and then i've caught a few <laughs> of the juvenile grouper around naples in the mangroves and stuff and it's like every other one spits up a half-eaten catfish so i'm like okay yeah. well surely the big ones are eating it too yeah but uh yeah, that's interesting. So it's like, you know, I don't know. I guess uh, it seems like the most important thing when you're tying into these things is probably more drag capacity or. Yeah. So uh, I use uh, like Abbott, like the Raptor series reel. So they give out a little more drag. Uh, but like I said, like with those conventionals versus the spinning reel, it's going to take you about 15 yeah. to 20 minutes to get them in on the conventional. And then my spinning reel setup, you got at least an hour, hour and a half, like, because you just don't get, you don't got the leverage, you know? Yeah. Can't really And then you them. just got to hope that they're swimming away from the, yeah, don't, make from sure the they structure, don't. I guess. Yeah, I get a little but, lucky. Yeah, that's nuts. So it's like, I, that's not really an option. Usually I, I do a lot of mine around like Sanibel or other areas where a lot of times mm -hmm. I'm paddling a hundred yards. So it's like spin gear is just not, it yeah. ain't happening. But, uh, mm -hmm. and I don't know your opinion on it. Like. You know, you watch those videos to your point, like it looks like this intense, amazing fight, like where it's just like giving you everything you want. And it's like, I don't know, from the beach, it's like, I know it's like the sharks are way more of an exciting fight, but it's just like, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's how cool the photos are. But, uh, you know, I know too that like when it comes to the Goliaths, there's like, there's a sort of like responsibility as a sportsman or a proper angler to, to use proper fish handling skills, but yeah. it's also like a tremendously powerful animal. So like when you're bringing these things up into the shallows, like do you have sort of like, you know, I know every responsible land-based guy seems to have like their program in place for like having your gear ready for what you got to do to get a quick yeah. release, get your photos in, like just walk me through your process when you've hooked so, one of these things and you're yeah. bringing it to the beach. Yeah, so these guys uh, that we catch off the beach, just about every one of them, once you get them, like, coming in, about to beach them, they float up. Yep. <laughs> so they're just, like, and they float right in, and I pretty much just go up. Uh, they have, like, this little bone thing. I, would, I don't know how to describe it. It's, like, part of their jaw. And I grab them by that because there's 
I don't like grabbing them by the gills because they got sharp gill rakers and, you know, it's not good for the gills anyways. And they got really sharp teeth, which uh, I found that out early on. You can't yeah. lip them fast. No, no. Uh, I made nah. the mistake too. Even with gloves, the first one I caught, I was out when I was out uh, solo, I had some gloves on. I'm like, this will be all right. Oh, yeah. That sucker clamped down and started like going like this and just buzz sawed straight through the like gloves. A bunch, little, bunch of little needles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, what was, I, what was I saying again? Some, oh, when we landed them. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, when we land them, they pretty much float in. I grab them. I just pop the hook out. And, and the spot we go to, it's generally like a, just a little bit of uh, water on the beach, you know, that you could like let them sit in so he's not all the way out of the water. It's yeah, not good yeah. to take the big ones all the way out because I've seen people like they take them all the way out and then they put them back and the things he's like floating around, kind of just taking a sec. Like he can't get his buoyancy back, you know, to go back down. Right. But generally, they're very hardy fish. They're not like they don't they don't die on you, you know. Like yeah. you, you there, you post them up, take a picture with them, and they <laughs> they, they fly off. They do. Yeah, because so, I've done a little bit of it with them, and I sort of found the same thing. It's like. You kind of have to find that like happy medium between getting them like up shallow enough to where I don't know you can handle them and you know if you're able to get photos do it, but also yeah. not doing something illegal and drawing negative attention. Um, yeah. But then I I know I had another situation with one one time where I was out there by myself and I I tried to handle them in like thigh deep water, and like mm-hmm. like you were describing, you know they roll over and they're sort of like catatonic. As soon yeah. as I rolled this thing back upright, it was like that sucker woke up. And yeah. It was like waking up an angry grizzly bear. And when it decided it wanted to get away from me, I, you know, you, you ain't stopping them. Couldn't do nothing. And no. it shook loose from me and overpowered me. And my rig had gotten like wrapped around my leg. This damn thing oh, no. was like pulling me out there. Oh, God. So it's like you have to like find that happy medium between yeah. like your own safety and then the safety of the fish. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. interesting. I'm always like interested, like people's. I don't know, program for making sure you're getting in there and getting out of there quickly and moving and moving fast because, you know, that's especially, I'd say even more so than the sharks. It's like one of those beloved fish by like the local people. Mm-hmm. And if if your photos get out there and they look a certain sort of way, you might get yeah. a knock on the door. Yeah, you can do anything wrong nowadays and you put it on Instagram, they'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> they'll let you know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, are, are you getting out there with, like, it, for me, it's always been one of those fish that has generated, like, a lot of buzz. Like, it's like if I put those photos out there, like, everybody, like, you know, it gets, yeah, gets generally, everybody loves to see a, a picture of a big Goliath. It's just, it's exciting for people. They yeah. just, like, I love bringing people out that have never seen it before because their first reactions, I mean, it's always priceless, you know? Right. Seeing, <laughs> seeing something like that doesn't even look real for the first time, you know? It's it's one of those funny fish too, to where it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those ones. This now this will be a fun side of the conversation because it's like, I've noticed it's one of those fish that is just like surrounded by different opinions. Like there's two different yeah. sides of like people who think they're eating everything in their path and they're detrimental to other other fish around, and other people think that they're, you know, maybe not yeah. as crazy voracious as they seem. I know, like for me. Like the Sanibel Causeway, I'll I'll fish there a lot, and yeah. dude, there is a Goliath on every single one of those pilings. There isn't a single piling that doesn't have one. Like you, if you drop an underwater camera down there, yeah. they are there. But you can also go out there at any point during 
the day or night and drop baits, you may have to sit there for six, yeah. seven, eight hours with no bite. So I'm like, okay, yeah. well, I mean, hell, are these things really that stupid? I mean, I know there's a Goliath down there that yeah. sees this bait and is not eating it, but it's kind of curious. Like you've got more experience than me, but like, what is your like perception of the fish and like, like just the nature of the fish? Yeah. Uh, so I've noticed with Goliaths, uh, they really like like the slack tide, so like the tide switches. So generally, your best bet at catching goliaths are on the tide switches, like on those bridges or anywhere really, because they're kind of just lazy fish. They kind of just sit in the current, you know, when it's ripping, and then once it slacks up, they kind of go around and they search. And mm-hmm. generally, when you get bites, but uh, goliaths, um, I love catching them. They're awesome fish. Yeah. You know? Um, I I don't I don't think they need to. Uh, I think that little, uh, what was it? There's like a lottery, like five to like, to like keep them. You get like a little tiny baby yeah. slot, oh, 500 yeah. <laughs> bucks to enter a lottery for it. Yeah. That was, that's I'm not a big fan of that, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they, uh, closed them back in, I guess, what was it? 1990. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere now. Like I've, yeah. I've caught, uh, there's a couple that I know I've caught multiple times, like just by comparing pictures, you know, and looking at their patterns and everything. Cause they're all different. You know, no two right. look pretty cool and they seem like they like like to stay on the same spot i know i've got a few spots like it's it's funny you mentioned that i know i've got a few spots down here in naples and like different mangrove creeks where i'll go and catch the juveniles you know it's it's that's almost more fun than the big ones yeah like the the tight creeks oh yeah you catch them in like the little tight creeks out of a canoe or something i mean that's a blast but i had a buddy of mine come down from virginia and took him out to do it and he caught one like i mean it's just instantaneous in this one little area got his photos and then um you know i happened to be looking at one of my photos and then his photo and i went back and forth i'm like you know this was for months apart i'm like yeah it's the same damn fish from the exact same spot so i think yeah. that's probably a big reason why the ones on some parts of the causeway i, I think that you know you're just catching a lot of times you're just catching the same fish over and over but yeah you know it's like the interesting thing to me is the idea of the ones that are out on the reefs that are eating everything like they're they're like they are yeah. the reason like they mm-hmm. are like they're like you know the idea from especially anglers is that they are the reason that we're seeing less snappers we're seeing less of the desired yeah. species and i was kind of curious do. like if you if you buy into that idea or if you uh yeah i always I, I always hear that about like goliaths and sharks you know like the two fish that i love going after the most like most people when they go out they want to go you know for eating fish mm-hmm but, and then they want to blame it on, you know, the sharks and the goliaths for being less eating fish. Well, the problem is people. There's too many people taking a boatload of fish every day for however long, you know, it, it yeah. adds up. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where people underestimate how smart, like, you know, it's they do definitely come off as a big idiot fish. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I remember like the biggest impression I had of Goliath was over on the East Coast. I was fishing with a buddy of mine, and we went out to this one wreck, and it was like it's like the bait spot. This particular wreck It's where you know yeah. a lot of the a lot of the charters and the captains and the what have you go out there to to get bait, um, mm-hmm. great bait spot. But um, you know people are fishing the wreck too. But dude, it was like I mean, it's like clockwork. As soon as you pull up over over the top of this wreck, I think it's the same one you see all those YouTubers no, fishing okay. over the top of because the the Goliaths that are they are so conditioned to stealing baits, like or stealing uh catches. Yeah. Like we would look over the edge of the boat 
and you just see these shadowy things looking up at you. Like, they're waiting. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I think if they weren't so used to the easy meals coming their way, like, you know, it's almost kind of like the same that you see with alligators in certain areas down here. Yeah. They get, you know, they, they adapt, you know, right. what's easy, what's, you know, what's best. So I'm like, like a, lot the, a lot of the Goliaths I catch over here, like I have them, they, uh, they spit up crabs. A lot yeah. of the times the whole stone crabs, cause that's really all they could really catch right by themselves, you know, just going around on the bottom. And I'm sure a lot of times, you know, I put my bait out there it's sitting good while nothing's happening. I'm sure some crabs get on it. And he sees yeah. the crabs and comes up and he probably smacks it. You know? Yeah, yeah. The, the crabs are like an attractant to your yeah. bait. That's yeah, a good so, point. But my sure. impression, though, you know, as an outsider looking in with not a lot of saltwater experience, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't have like the, I don't know, the preconceived ideas about a Goliath. I'm just there to make observations on my own. Yeah. And we're over the wreck, man. There's boats everywhere around us. We, it was like it was like everything the guy I could do, like the guy I was with. It was everything he could do to like keep the boat in position, not bump into yeah. other boats. So I'm like looking around. I'm like, okay, are the Goliaths eating or everything? I mean, there's like, I mean, I'm talking. It's no mercy out there. The other the yeah. other boats. I'm like, people are pulling in everything left and right. But then at the same time, it's like I feel like if a Goliath sees you know, a snapper swim by normally, like in its natural state, mm-hmm. they're probably not chasing them. They're not fast. But if they see one that's on the end of a hook that's struggling and moving around, it's like it triggers that like a different kind mm-hmm. of response. For sure. So I'm like, well, are they really eating everything? Or are they just, are you feeding the Goliaths at some point? It's like pretty much that, yeah. But um, it's one of those interesting debates. I like to, I'd rather like sit on the outside and listen in on people who know what they're talking yeah. about with it. But yeah, like I've, I've never really had to deal with like Goliath stealing my fish or anything like that. Like I've yet to experience that, but uh, they're definitely loaded over here. You know? Yeah. I think it's a bigger problem in some of those areas that are like really hammered by anglers. Like they yeah. just, they've gotten to a point where they've patterned boats and mm-hmm. they know that a boat, like, like to, like what I just said is like we, when we pulled up, the Goliaths came over and waited. They they knew it was like all right, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna bring me my my meal. So yeah, the sharks do the same deal over there. Like you go on a boat over on the east coast, you're gonna see some sharks pull up next to your boat, and they want to see what you yeah. got. See if yep. you catch anything. So I think it's more so that than them just swimming around eating everything in their path because you know yeah. I think I've kind yeah. of seen the same thing. It's like I think I think in their normal like in normal uh, circumstances, they're eating mostly. Slow crab. moving, like wait, wait, stupid wait, bottom wait, dwelling wait, fish. Wait. Yeah, and crabs. Yeah. But um but yeah, so that's interesting. I've seen videos of uh some guy fishing off of like a bridge, I think it was in Fort Myers, but he saw uh, a Goliath grab like a big cow nose and in the video you could see the Goliath like straight down over the bridge. You could just see like the back end of this cow nose just sticking out of this thing's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they're really just opportunistic, you know, they'll eat whatever. Right. Well, I think that's probably just their role in the ecosystem. Yeah. They're like the cleanup crew. They're there to just grab the slow and unweary and stupid animals and population control, I guess. But, um, it's just an awesome, it's just one of those fish. that's kind of like, man, you can't help, but like when you go to like the aquarium and you got all these different fish in the tank, it's like, everybody's going to sit there and want to stare at the big grouper that's in there. But just uh, like a, giant bass you know everyone's first fish is usually a bass and that's yeah. just like the and i think that's like I, I think that's like part of the allure of the fish is that it resembles 
a bass so much like the body the structure like yeah <laughs> but um they get so, huge like for you what i mean what would you say is like the biggest one that you've caught or encountered or seen caught or maybe lost uh, like i hear stories of like they get up to 800 pounds but i, I don't know i kind of find that hard to believe like yeah, I, I agree I, we catch like we don't weigh them obviously we just kind of estimate so i would estimate like the biggest ones i've seen are probably like in the the 400 to 500 range probably like 450 yeah that seems to be the biggest i've seen and they're, they're huge they're like six foot long with like a four foot girth you know like it's oh, big God, yeah but it's hard to believe like picture an 800 pounder though <laughs> i know i've know. seen that too it's, i there. guess it's possible there's always those like crazy outliers of every fish it's like what that's on things in a yeah. whole other category but i'm sure there's you know. a giant one out there like that somewhere but yeah I, I think it's I think it's amazing how much water those things can push with that big old tail. It's like when you yeah. when you start when you start to get them in close and it looks like manatee swirls. Yeah, I've been playing with this. The, my GoPro a little bit, just like taking videos of them underwater, and you can see it's just basically just like a giant broom tail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But um, yeah, I don't know. Is I mean, so your interest is probably I mean. I see that you do a lot of the, the land-based shark fishing th thing too. Yeah. Are you, you kind of probably lean more into the shark thing or are you just cool? Uh, with... well, it's, it's, I do love catching big sharks more, uh, just sharks in general more just because the fight, like the sharks do most of the work. Most of the time he's just running, you know, and then you got to gain on yeah. with the Goliaths. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. They're fun. But after like, there's some nights you go out there, you hook four or five and you keep hooking them. You're like, Oh, it's another Goliath. I they know. Just, you know, they kind of sit there, and you have to, you have to really do the work and just yeah. drink them dead weight most of the time. But and I feel like a giant ray or something. But I agree. It, it, a few times I've gone and done it. It's like I, it's usually like one of those one and done things for me, unless yeah. I get like kind of like it's too small. I'm like ah, I got to get a bigger one. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Normally after you get about one, I'm like ah, I'm going home. I'm done. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but definitely also, uh, prefer catching uh, sharks. I don't know. It just excites me. Big sharks excite me. What's, yeah, I think it's a more dynamic fight because they're actually like I've never had a Goliath really peel off like drag. I mean, they're yeah, not. They're, I mean, don't get me wrong; like they could they pull drag, but it's not like fast. You know how like a yeah. shark could be like you hook into a big hammerhead. It's like you just hooked into a moving car going forty miles an hour. Like I said, like, what? <laughs> right? <laughs> you don't know what to do. Well, one of the ones that I've seen on your page that obviously was an attention grabber is is the big sawfish. Yeah, I saw I saw a photo of a big. It looks like a big one too. I mean, tell me a little bit about that. Have you caught more than one, or is that yeah, just sort of like you know you I, get I out there that. long enough, you just get lucky, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, at this spot I caught him at, uh, no one's ever heard of anyone ever catching sawfish out there. So I, uh -huh. I was amazed, and everyone else you know that I fished with was was amazed by it, obviously. But I caught my first one. It was like last April. Um. And I just got, it was just on a little tiny bait. Once again, a little small chunk of ladyfish, literally that big. Yeah. And it, all I did was cast it out. There was a good bit of pe people at the spot we fish at that night. There's like two groups of people on each side set yeah. up. Nobody had a bait out though. So I was like, all right, I'm going to put something out, you know, I'm trying to cut, <laughs> what were know, they waiting for? Yeah. The right tide. There. Yeah. I think, I think the, the, the tide was just ripping the wrong way. Oh, okay. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to fire one out there. You never know. Yeah, <laughs> and the tide was ripping out. You know, my rod's like bent over, just barely hanging out of the bottom. And I I heard like I had my drag pretty tight, and I heard it go steady. I'm like, what is that? You know, it kind of surprised <laughs> me. 
yeah. and the time I was thinking like big Goliath, like just kind of how it fought because softfish fight really unique. Like you hook into them and they dump like a shark. Like it's like yeah, big round, big round. And then at some point he just stops. And you're oh, like, that's interesting. What did I get stuck? Did I get like rocked up? And you're sitting on it, giving it all you got, like just trying to move it. I think I passed it around to like two of my friends to like just try and move it, just put pressure on it. And it took like three guys to get finally get them up and off the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and then if it wasn't for two speed on that reel I had, I don't think I would have been able to get that thing in and just winch them little by little. Yeah. Cause they're almost like, I don't know. It's like if you took a, they're sort of built like a ray on the front yeah, end. The way they act, like the way they swim and the way their mouth is and how they can yeah. stick to the bottom is like a ray. But they're giant and I mean the body's like a shark. I mean, that's another like, one. That's another cool. one when I when I see those photos and they're in the shallows, like at some point you had to get in there, I guess, to get to the oh, ray. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, what yeah, was that was, like? Oh, uh, it was intense, but it, it was awesome at the same time, you know, biggest yeah. adrenaline rush, but uh, <laughs> after bringing them in, the, you know, the, they look at you and they know, they know what their one little defense is. So uh, this uh -huh. whole time trying to do this <laughs> yeah. and 13 footer, I got it on video of it swinging its saw back and forth. And the thing is able to basically do like a whole 180 and just turn all the way around on you if it wants to. Jeez. Yeah. So, and that so was how awesome. did you how do you get to the rig? You just kind of go for it and have to risk it. Yeah, I mean the it's it they have like a stingray mouse, you know, it's all the way up at the bottom. There's yeah. really no safe way to get to it. So we pretty much just took wire cutters. My buddy Austin did it. Yeah. Uh, and he uh, just got as close as he could and just nipped it like right next to the jaw. And they're both hooked in the corner. So eventually, you know, it'll work its way out. It was a smaller circle hook. It'll be good. Yeah, it makes sense because I look at that. I'm like, I don't know how anybody ever gets the hook out. I don't think I just I think you just can't. But it also nah. seems like their rostrum ends up getting tangled in the in the rig and tangled yeah, in the. It's just not worth it. it it's not yeah. worth putting stress on them of trying to get it out and yep. everything. You know, they they really are like the most endangered marine fish in the whole world. Like if you Google it, you know, like they've been around. They could yeah. there's as few as like 500, as many as 2,000 in the whole world, and they pretty much only live like in a little part of Florida. Yeah, and that's one of those ones that it's like, man, I I do not want to go to my grave before seeing one. I wanted to, I just want to like see one in person. Yeah, it's such a cool looking animal, but yeah, it was yeah. Amazing. My wife, uh, my wife had seen them in the Caloosahatchee River, like way up river. She was paddleboarding yeah. out behind her house and saw like the young little, you know, the little pups. A lot of the small ones, you know, they swimming move into... together, like two of them together. I was like, that's an interesting yeah. behavior. Like, that's cool. I hear a lot of like the small ones up on the flats, and then like both of those big sawfish I caught. Like the first one was probably like thirteen feet, and then like a month later, the other one was probably like eleven and a half, twelve foot. They're they're both males in the same spot. My guess was they were heading up inshore to to spawn. Yeah, you know, because it was like springtime and. You know, like you say, all the way up in the in the inshore waters, that's where you, you know, come into contact with sawfish, small ones, you know. And the yeah, big those boys, things are they those things are nuts. <laughs> yeah. I saw three of them last year. I mean, I saw one more other person hook one off the pier here in Venice. Ended mm. up breaking it off, but that's three big sawfish I saw last spring. Like I've never seen one before that, you know. All right. Pretty cool. Hopefully more and more. Yeah. Yeah, those things are that's one of those ones. It's like it's always like the, the one that'll keep you from scrolling too much. You know, you can swipe and look through yeah. people's pictures. Like, oh man, like dying. Uh, <laughs> but you can't, yeah. But you can't go after them. It's just like I don't know. 
you put Bates out there and maybe secretly hope to yeah, get to see, to see something. Get but... That's it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't planning on, you know, catching one of those that night. It just happened. Yeah. Well, I haven't even messed around on the beaches around here ever since the storm. I just Yeah, it, it's been sucky. Like, you know, I said I went over to the East Coast last uh I mean yesterday. It's because the red tide, like we keep getting red tide popping yeah. up every time we get a freaking cold front nowadays. Yeah, so, and the water's just been nasty out there. There's all yeah. kinds of crap floating around. Yeah, it's terrible. But maybe next year. I like I like doing it on Sanibel. Occasionally, I'll go a little further north than that. But but anyway, do you do do you ever do the Goliath stuff from the bridges, or are you just strictly dropping baits? Like like I I prefer to just do it off the beach. But like uh, when I first started fishing down here, I was fishing for them a good bit off bridges and stuff. And there's this there's this one bridge I go to. They sit on the uh, like the, the the two channels there's like big lights on both the the what are they called the fenders mm-hmm. yeah and uh there's probably three or four like 300 plus pound goliaths just sitting in the light cruising waiting yeah <laughs> you know it's just cool to see them like that you don't always see that right big fish light it's pretty well, much I, don't, I, I could sit here and talk about the big giant ones this whole time but then i saw you know when i when i was looking through your page that it like it goes like from you know these goliaths and tarpon and sharks and sawfish and then all of a sudden it's like smallmouth bass and like bass fishing yeah. so it's like is that is that home to you is like yeah that's that's what i grew up doing I, I grew up in ohio uh okay no one in my family really fished like at all so i didn't yeah. have really anybody to like teach me but you know here's something like, but uh my mom she moved uh <laughs> She moved. She moved to a pond when I was next to a pond when I was like twelve. And I think she took me to Walmart one day, and I got me, a, you know, a nice little push button pole, and then there went you out go. to the pond, <laughs> and we caught some bluegill. And I thought that was cool. And then I would go out there every day, you know, and I'd be like, "Hey, ma, I went out and caught a hundred bluegill today." <laughs> you know, I would level up from there. I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna go catch some bass now." Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember when I first saw the uh, like carp in the pond, mm. like grass carp. Yeah, <laughs> I was. Like, what is that? Like, it looks like a shark. I would see, like, you know, the big shadows of them out in the pond. I was like, all right, I gotta catch one of those. And so, you know, I would go out and there's little like berries that would drop in the pond. I yeah. couldn't figure out how to catch carp because I'm like, what? How do I catch carp? They don't eat, you know, they don't yeah, eat throwing, like throwing spinner baits bait. at them and stuff. Yeah, no, they don't <laughs> do that. And so I was like reading up on my like, bread, bread, like bread mm-hmm. won't work. The bluegills will chew it up. And so you know, it just it taught me like a big lesson in fishing is you always be observant of what's around you. Like you can't just read everything that you're going to want to know. And, uh, but basically like there's these little berries that go out in the pond and they float. And so I would just hook a little berry on my push button pole caster out there. You know, I'd catch like, I caught like a nice grass carp. And from there, you know, you just kind of work up from there. Like when right. I was in, <laughs> when I was in high school and whatnot, uh, I was big and me and my friend Luke, we used to do uh like, uh, the bass fishing tournaments like because mm-hmm. that's all we really had up there was you know the bass fishing and uh so that's what we did up there and then um my friend luke the same one that i used to always fish with back in high school he brought me down here i want to say uh, we were like probably 15 and i just came down here with his family uh i think we went to Anna maria island mm-hmm. and like that was the first time i really got to experience like florida fishing like, we were catching snook off the beach yeah <laughs> little tiny sharks that were like this big but i thought it was so cool right yeah <laughs> we go out you know we went on a charter boat and we just fished inshore a little bit i was just loving it you know and at that point i was like 
that's like 10 times more exciting to me than going bass fishing because yeah out here you don't know what you're going to catch you don't know even like what to expect every, yeah. I mean, every day it's always different and so uh i kind of got into shark fishing i want to say i was like 16 or 17 you know and i i would always watch you know youtube videos even though, you know i'm seeing all these people catch big fish from the beach and i'm like oh why couldn't i do that you know yeah and so i was just doing my research on everything i could you know about like just this was just like basics like just a casting rod or going to the beach catching like a little white and cutting it up and putting it out mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I think we, uh, my, we went to like hilton head south carolina okay just like with the family yeah and, I'm, I'm from uh, south carolina i know that area okay. pretty well cool, cool. yeah so well, i was just going out there i bought like a 40 dollar amazon rod yeah <laughs> and like a little cheap reel and i was just going out there casting whatever i could catching you know little black tips and stuff and like the next year, I came back, caught like a nice lemon shark, and I just knew like that was the type of fishing that really excites me because like it, I don't know how you, it could ever get old, you know? Like there's yeah. so many things you could do and so many things that could happen. It's really never the same thing twice, right? You know? No, I always like those stories of like the like the progression as an angler, especially because that's like I, my history is probably similar to yours. Like you were sort of just doing it on your own. Yeah, I feel like, like a lot of the, I feel like a lot of the guys that start like that, where you're just like learning yourself. Not that like it's good to have mentors, mm-hmm. but a lot of the people where it was like their grandpa's grandpa's grandpa taught them, and it's like they they all sort of yeah. I don't know. Ironically, those seem to be the people who don't like. I don't know. They just stay in one like little category yeah. of fishing. Yeah, you. I mean the the probably the best piece of advice I would have for like learning stuff from people and fishing is like um meet people that actually do it themselves you know people that could show you something different not yeah you know you don't always want to be the guy teaching people you want to get you know it's good to go out ask questions and you know learn from people that have done it i think it's always good too to like approach everybody's like input with a little bit of skepticism because i like i had just for whatever, like the like the carp thing is a good example. Um, you know, you could have very easily had somebody be like, "Oh, you don't want to catch carp. That's a trash fish." But uh, my, I remember hearing that, and I was like, "What do you mean? That's the biggest fish in the pond? What are you talking yeah, about? It's a forty pound fish. I don't care yeah, what it is. That's a, that's a monster." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I vividly remember when I was first coming up fishing, like when it was first becoming a thing for me. Like we would go to this golf course ponds, me and my brothers, and it was bluegill and bass. And like, that's what everybody's just what it was. It's like, you have to catch bluegill and bass. I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is okay. You know, I just wasn't sold on fishing yet. And it was a graph for me. It was kind of the same thing. It was a grass carp that I saw in like the margins of this golf course pond. I just see these scales. Like yeah. it didn't even register to me that it was a fish. I just see this big round mass with scale mm-hmm. pattern. And like, I'm like, it didn't even like my brain didn't process that I was looking at a living animal. And then I just see the scales moving. And that was like the yeah. first time I saw a carp. I'm like, I've got to catch that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And but, then uh, I mean, they, they look a lot like a tarpon just because like, you yeah. know, they're big scales, like something about the big scales gravitates me towards it, you know? Right. <laughs> and then you just go on this endless quest from there of not being able to mm-hmm. be satisfied with a smaller fish. And you, yep. before you know it, you're catching 400 pound Goliath grouper. Hey, you just got to keep uh, going. Yeah. Well, where are you going to go from here? It's like, I don't know. I I love to know, like, you're already doing something pretty casually. Like, you're rattling this whole Goliath thing off pretty casually. 
And I don't know if you've had similar, like I had done like a little bit of Goliath stuff and wrote about it and blogged about it. And I get, mm-hmm. I even still every now and then I'll get somebody out of the blue that just messages me that really wants to go and do this. Like, do you kind of get the same thing? Like people like it's people are all about the Goliath. So like you're doing something yeah. sort of casually that's on a lot of people's like bucket list. Yeah. I mean, we, we catch them a lot. And like whenever I have someone down here that I know, like from school or whatever, I love to take them down. You know, I have people that uh, from out of state that like they found my Instagram, and, you know, and they just message me like, "Hey, you have to be take me out fishing. I'll pay you, you know, however much, and oh, yeah. you know, we'll go out." <laughs> I'm like, "All right, good deal," you know, because all right, <laughs> regardless of being paid or not, I like I really just love showing people, you know, something they've never seen before, something that yeah. I so much of, you know, like it's always fun to bring someone else get their reaction of it, you know. Well, do you have uh, anything like I don't know lined up or in, in, like? Uh, well, do you have like, anything personally plan- like? I mean, like something like for yourself. Do you have anything that's like I right, I want to make a trip for myself? Like, is there anything on your bucket list? Oh, we're gonna like be talking about? For yeah. like uh, for like land based fishing or just like fishing in general? Well, anything. Well, I think uh, I'm gonna try and make a trip to Hawaii this year with uh, my friend Jen from. Uh, he lives in California. He's one of the guys that calls me up and he, you know, he comes fishing whenever he's in town. Yeah, that's he, cool. He just, he just found my Instagram a couple of years ago, you know, and whenever he's around, I take him and he goes on crazy trips all over the place. Like he goes to like to go fishing in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Marlin fishing, like on yeah. boats, go, uh, fit, I guess they had GTs over there off the rocks. Like they mm, catch, oh yeah. Yeah. They got some. They got some interesting spots up there where it's like uh, I might be wrong, but I think they might have somewhere it's like I don't want to say like locals only, but like I've watched a few of the videos there where they catch real giant ones, and I don't know if it's like how many people can get out there. Yeah, yeah, GTs. Uh, that's an easy sell right there. That's on like everybody's bucket list there. Yeah, GTs are cool. There, there's a, there's so many places that like I want to go and just you know visit and fish. Like I could I could start rattling them off. You I know, know, I get I get Australia, that same way too. Definitely gotta go there someday. Oh yeah. That's yeah, a that's, special place. That's another one. I gotta slow my roll sometimes because like, you know, you think about where we live right now, even in southwest Florida is like we live in a pretty awesome spot. I mean, we're in paradise and I find myself all the time thinking of like, where can I go this year that's not Florida? I'm like, I need to like yeah. I haven't even caught a big tarpon yet. Like I've had a couple shots at them and they like gotten off and they've just like yeah. kicked my tail. You ever all get right. out during during uh, like tarpon season? Like on boats. No, no, that's my thing is like, I, I don't have, I had a boat when I first moved down here and then we sold it. So now I'm like pretty much resigned myself to be in the canoe angler for a while. And, uh, I, and I, I people that catch them out of the canoe. I do too. I do too. And I really, I want to link. I know. I, well, I had had one shot at it one night and it's, it's funny. Like I'll go up in like the peace river and try to catch, there's big ones there. There's, there's big ones up in the rivers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but all that ever happens to me is I get smoked by the little bull sharks just take all my bait. Yeah. And then, um, ironically, I went out on the Caloosahatchee not that long ago, and I wanted to catch the bull sharks. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go out and play around with these little bull shark pups. And I ended up hooking a big old giant tarpon out of my canoe. And this thing just, it just destroyed yeah. me. I didn't even come close. But uh, And then we did, me and my brother went out with a charter one time out in Boca, like, you know, Boca Grand Pass. and. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like that one just wasn't for me. Like it just wasn't my style. I don't know. I, like we hooked them left and right and they're all coming off and they're all taking us down into the school and breaking yeah. us off in the school. 
Well, I feel like uh, fishing in Boca Pass would be just a pain because of how it many boats there are. There was boats all around us, like people's tarpon yeah. are jumping in other people's boats. Yeah. I'm like, I'm typically like when I've done, it's like we're fishing off like the open beach. You're really just cruising the beach and you're looking for the rollers. Yeah, see where they're coming. You know, you get set up, anchor up, or trauma down or whatever, and you pretty much just kind of get ahead of wherever they're they're coming. Mm-hmm. You kind of need to just throw it out and hope that they run into your bait because yeah. They're not like any other fish where like they see it and they'll chase it down. Like they're not gonna work for it. If it's in its face, he's gonna suck it I know, in. I, I need to slow my roll and 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 knock off some of the fish we have around here, but I end up getting ahead of myself and start dreaming. <laughs> passing up all the awesome fishing we have here for that. But yeah. I'm always curious about that. I'm always curious like where people start as a fisherman and then like talking obviously about where they're at now and then like thinking about, you know, where they're going going forward. But uh yeah, dude, the Goliath stuff. Every time I look at your pictures, I'm like, I'm like, geez, this dude, this dude's got them figured out. You got pictures where you're holding like more than one of them at a, at the oh, same yeah, time, we, doubles. I, I and... have five pictures <laughs> of two two big ones side oh, by yeah. side, same time. You know, <laughs> how do you make that happen? Are you dropping it like right on? I mean, how are you keeping them off the top of each other? Uh, like how I said, those weights earlier, like those anchor weights mm-hmm. I use. The spot I fish has a lot of heavy current, and we're basically fishing like. It blows side to side, so you're, you're going to need something to hold it down and kayak yeah. it out. Just space them out evenly, and yeah. whenever, like, say you hook up and the fish moves right or the left, you just kind of need to gauge, like, if he's over or under the other line, make sure, you know, they don't get tangled up. That's something you deal with a lot. You don't have issues with those grappling hooks getting stuck on all the crap on the bottom? No, not really, honestly. It's They generally come out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd play it around with the like the breakaway weights and like the bricks and the rocks, but yeah, yeah you're right. They Sometimes it's, I don't like them. Yeah. Well, I, I especially when the too. current or, or you get grass, it just ends up taking it away. Or you get, but. you get, or you get one bite and then you're disconnected from your, from yeah. your weight. Yeah. <laughs> doing whatever it wants out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gina have plenty of time and you got to carry a giant brick out to the beach with you, which you already got yeah. enough weight as is, as is man i don't, I don't want to carry 30 pounds of i've got a, a couple of my spots you can find my stockpiles i got them i've got them little stockpiles next to yeah. where i usually fish but but you're right in the areas where the where the current's really pushing through mm-hmm. not worth and I also it feel like it helps uh with the goliaths because i feel like with the breakaways it might get a, it might weird them out sometimes because like think about how your bait's sitting on the bottom like you got your bait i mean your your big breakaway in the bottom Mm-hmm. however long your mono is yeah and connected to your hook so your base just kind of like floating above the bottom yeah so it, it looks, looks just suspicious weird. enough it just looks a little weird and like when they just think about it when they come up and grab it i'm sure they feel that line just dangling off uh-huh just wait, you know like i guess that, if I'm you're sure. i guess especially if you're tied to the hook or to there maybe yeah. if you tie it off higher but then you're just gonna get your bait just spindles yeah. around the yeah, like with the fingers I use, I have them on like a sliding snap swivel. So like mm-hmm. it's locked into the to the bottom, but fish grabs it. He's pulling it away. He's not feeling that weight at all until yeah. he gets to the, yep. to the leader. And by then, they don't really care. Yeah. Are you ever doing it by yourself? Are you ever, uh, are you usually with yeah, a guy, some, usually with a crew? Sometimes whenever I can't, whenever none of the boys want to come out, I yeah. end up being <laughs> by myself. But generally, like whenever I go shark fishing and goliath fishing, I like to have at least one other person with me just to, help you know landing it or mm-hmm. taking nice pictures or whatever it, it sucks to catch a nice fish and you're like oh well 
Guess I'll let him go now. I can't really yeah, take, I know. <laughs> take with him or nothing. Well, okay. then you also were got to worry about after you drop your bait, you got to paddle, paddle real damn quick back. Yeah. So they, they pick it up and yeah, doesn't take them long to get back in the in the mess, but. And even just lugging all the all the gear out there and everything, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. At least two people. But you can do it by yourself. It's just, you better be ready to work for it. <laughs> right, yeah. That's all. <laughs> well, dude, I know we've been sitting here talking about all these giant fish and, and like the Goliath things. You know, that's a, I know it's on interest of a lot of people who may be listening or people yeah. who... Uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like that's a that's a one that's really catching. I get a lot of the European guys that reach out to me about specifically about the Goliaths. And the guys love mm-hmm. to fish from, from the land and catch the biggest fish from the land. But like people who want to see these photos come tell you, like the photos you have are are awesome. Like they're the, <laughs> that's the thing about the Goliaths. They make like the best picture. They make like the yeah, dress. They, the, they just look awesome. They got the yeah. big spot, big mouth. Well, that's they, pretty much all they're good for, I think, is like, yeah. you know, they make a great photo. But yeah. um but I don't know anybody who, uh, who who's listening that wants to find these photos and, and like see your stuff. Like, where would they be able to find you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. It's just uh, Gavin dot Scholes. It's uh, Gavin dot S C H U L Z. And uh, I've been playing around with TikTok a little bit, just you know, you putting go. together a bunch of videos and clips I have. So you I haven't follow I haven't treaded into that TikTok territory yet. But but yeah, my, bro- I'm, my brother's I'm, always I'm, sending me TikToks. I'm like, I don't have it. I can't yeah. see it. Yeah, I'm not Maybe the biggest I need to get on board, but it's easy to make cool little snippet videos. To yeah. deal with. I'm not the biggest user of it, but yeah. Or um, yeah, pretty much my Instagram is where I put all my all my cool stuff. Yeah, well, it's awesome stuff, and I'll end up putting the link up on the video and the description, all that, because it's like people are listening. It's one of the list. I mean, people need to like see these photos. They're awesome, and I'll throw some of the pictures up too, because okay, they're so- they're awesome stuff. But. uh Man, I appreciate you coming on here. I bet you want to catch up on some more of that sleep because three hours, yeah. three and a half hours yeah. ain't enough. I'll, catch up. I'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's grinding. It, it gets harder and harder as time goes on to, to do that, I think. so. Oh, I bet. I, I, it, it'd be hard to do this not, type of fishing. I'm not an old guy. I'm just I'm just saying. Well, like, one, my, it, this type of fishing is not easy. Like, it, yeah. I, it'd be hard to do this past 40, I would think. It'd be tough. <laughs> as much as I do it, uh, it'd be oh, tough. Yeah. That's awesome stuff, dude. I don't know. Well, I'll have to reach out to you uh, uh, off the record. Maybe we can link up sometime. Yeah, We're both Southwest Florida. I'd both be happy Southwest to Florida. Yeah. And, and if any of you guys don't want to link up out there and, and, and join you, I'd be happy to. Because I, I don't know. It's been like a solid year since last time I played tug of war with a Goliath. I'm kind of eager to get out there and mess around with them again sometime. So Yeah, man. I'll let you know. Like whenever the water cleans up, we got up here. You can come up. Yeah. It should be good for, you know. Good minute. Once it cleans yeah. up. All right, dude. Well, I appreciate having you on here. Yeah, we'll man. We'll be in Thanks touch. For having me. I had right, fun man. talking to you. Yeah, dude. Take it easy. You too, man. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Boundless Pursuit Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, your feedback, comments, and reviews are very important to me. Also, this podcast is just one element to a much bigger content outlet. I urge you to head over to www.haverodswilltravel.com where you'll find audio, visual, and written editorial content. That is three dimensions of awesome fishing content brought to you by a very dynamic team of anglers. I hope that you'll tune in next week as we continue to build this program and have interesting and skilled anglers each Thursday. Thank you for listening.